Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Dan, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon, we're talking about 2001, a space travesty. Oh, I think I've heard of this. Mm. Is this a movie parody of 2001, a space odyssey? It most certainly is. Is it a porn parody or is it a regular parody? Um, it looks like a regular parody, but I can't be sure. <laughs> to be fair, it even better. Having uh, having, I love two thousand and one so much. If anyone has been able to make a porn parody of that, I will be astonished. I'm sure, like people must have tried, but that is a difficult film to make a porn parody of. So, <laughs> w- when was this released? Give me an idea. Two thousand. Well, that's off brand, isn't it? Um, yeah, poor. It was released on October thirty first, two thousand, uh, for its Tokyo release. Um, it's uh, 2001 A Space Travesty is a 2000 Canadian-German spoof comedy film starring actor <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. The film has a few sequences parodying elements of 2001 A Space Odyssey, but is not focused on parodying Odyssey. So, uh, Germans, famous for their comedy. Um, mm. I mean, wow, that's a lot to... Um, I mean, Leslie Nielsen's solid talent. Like He was an airplane, he was a naked gun. Wow! I'm, I, assume... I mean, the, the best part of this is the budget. How much? Forty-five million. You're kidding! All right, so I'm deadly serious. The Taha didn't realise this last episode, um, but we don't actually. I'm not allowed to look at the article when Dan is describing it. The the other person can't see it. So I that that is astonishing to me. So does mm. it look like it cost forty-five million dollars? Um, I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking at what would be the DVD front cover, and I would go, no, not a chance in hell. <laughs> is this do you reckon a Jack and Jill type situation where it's been like embezzled into the people making the film? It was directed by Alan A. Goldstein. Uh, I don't know that name. I don't think he is an American film director and screenwriter, perhaps best known for directing the Charles Bronson vehicle, Death Wish Five, The Face of Death, and the Leslie Neal comedy, Two Thousand One: A Space Travesty. So, of the two things he like, he's he's known for. Uh, this is one of them. Oh my god! I mean, Death Wish. So that's the one uh, with the Charles Bronson. Uh, they reviewed that one, uh, one of them, on Red Letter Media's Best of the Worst. So immediately, I am so up for this guy's films um mm. you know so i just looked something up as a depressing kind of thing um you what the 45 million was the budget right yeah so the budget of the most expensive original star wars film return of the jedi was 32 and a half million dollars so you're telling me Jesus. i mean admittedly that's not ad- adjusting for inflation but yeah you're telling me that this film cost approximately as much or even more than return of the jedi yeah Oh my god. 2001 A Space Travesty currently holds only 16% of audience appro- approbation on Rotten Tomatoes. So, oh, that, we, we might have to watch, we have to add this to the list of films we need to watch together. This quote, oh my god, it gets better. The website Need Coffee praised Nielsen comedy, as comedy style uh, despite the film's silliness. They go on to say, If you're just in the mood for silly puerile humour, and we all are sometimes, or you're under 13 and the word penis sends you into gales of laughter, then check out this one. Otherwise, skip it and check out something a bit more with a bit more sophistication. Amazing. I love how you started that quote off in the, oh my God, Stacey, look at his penis kind of voice. Yeah. And then you just rapidly were like, nah, f*** it. <laughs> I can't be asked. Nah, I'm done. Uh, wow. James, uh, Jason James from The Nut Gallery gave the film only one Are you one sure this isn't a porn parody? Sorry, just to be absolutely clear. <laughs> yeah. 
stating, overall, I'm not a big fan of spoof movies to begin with, so it would be pretty special for me to like it. Even with that, this still is not even a good spoof movie, making it even harder to watch. Wow, this sounds terrible. Jesus. We have to watch it. Richard Schieb from Moria.co also gave a film a very poor review, nominating it for Worst Film of 2001. And that's the same... Well, oh, no, no, no. When did, the, the, when did Attack of the Clones come out? Is this worse than Attack of the Clones? 2002, wasn't it? Yeah, 2002. So it narrowly missed out on that competition. That was the same year as uh, Fellowship of the Ring came out. So at least we now know the high oh, point God. and the low point of uh, 2001. This is just amazing. So can you give me an, like a plot indication? Good grief. You know, we're actually running this uh, we're running this podcast and actually talking about the article. I never thought this would happen. Um, but this right. sounds so we're terrible. Gonna and, we're we're going to go through the we're going to go through the plot and you're going to try and make sense of it. Okay, right. Here we go. Marshall Richard Dix Dixon. No, <laughs> hang on. Three words in. Can't handle it. Marshall Richard Dick Dix. A special detective saves a fast food chain restaurant from a terrorist hostage situation, much to the displeasure of the police chief. He drives away and back to the police station where he meets his boss, who is a police worker, Cassandra Minaj. Sorry, just to be clear, she's a police worker. What, what, what's that? Oh, who is with a police worker? So, so wait, so, so wait, the person he's reporting to, her, this guy's boss, the, poli- the mm. chief of police, their boss is, a, is with a police worker. I mean, this is this just draws attention to somehow you some sometimes you find Wikipedia articles that are so poorly written. He drives away and back to the police station, comma, where he meets his boss, comma, who is with a police worker, Cassandra Minaj. So he goes to see his boss, <laughs> who is with a woman who is a police worker, Cassandra Minaj. She retells her experience of the cloning of the president of the United States of America, Bill Clinton. Oh my god! Who remains unnamed throughout the film. He's then, Dix is then sent to a cloning facility, a moon base called Vegan. He causes a mayhem. He causes, he causes a mayhem. A mayhem. That? <laughs> he, ca- he causes a mayhem on the way there, reaches Vegan and is met by Lieutenant Bradford Shitsu at the security check. That was a very bad time to take a drink. Oh my God. On the way to, ma- uh, on the way to meet the main suspect of the cloning, Dr. Griffin Pratt, Dix experiences strange happenings throughout the cloning involving certain aliens who live there. I mean, this is just. It sounds. It does sound slightly worse than Attack of the Clones. I won't lie, which is really saying something. This, just, just the names of these characters get better and better. During a very strange incident involving an alien about to explode, Dix meets Captain Valentino Di Pascale, who, with who, with whom he will share his quarters. Dix and Shitsu get to Doctor Pratt's quarters and talk to him. Shitsu leaves, and Pratt takes Dix on a tour of his cloning facility. While on the tour, he meets Doctor. Ushi Kunstler, uh, with whom he must take the elevator to meet Mrs. Madfinage. Oh my Dr. god. Dr. Kunstler deserts the two and they make their way to a party where he suspects they may be. What? This is just. What? That just came out of left field? I. This is so. Okay, we will have to watch this next. So we'll, we what we'll do, the next time Patreon uh, comes through, which will be very soon actually, with Wikicast uh, dollar, we will use that mm. dollar to fund one of us like to to get a a ticket for one of us to see the other and we will film some stuff because good god this sounds amazing this sounds hilarious i can't believe we're actually talking about the article i mean this is this is unprecedented i've been recording for well we've probably been going for what like five minutes and we're still on topic it's a record Mm. especially considering what else has been happening like over the past week like Mm. of all the weeks when we could have other things to talk about um 
Well, is there anything else that you'd like to mention from this article? Is there any like how much money did it make? If it cost forty five million, how much does it make back? You know what? It doesn't even talk about it. I'm going to have it's, to go on to IMDb. It's got three, three point four out of five. What? Sorry, three and a half stars out of five stars on IMDb. Oh, sorry, no, three, three and a half, three and a half stars out of ten. There we go. <laughs> I was expecting it to be out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't see anything about how much it made. Maybe it didn't make anything. Maybe, maybe it literally made no money. User reviews: an unfortunate display of bad comedy writing. Okay, and someone goes on to write four paragraphs about how it's awful. Well, we now have to do Mr. Plinkett on this. We have to we have to write a really extensive <laughs> review on how it is the best thing ever. It's just shocking. So if if that's if, if that's our article of choice, I mean, I feel like um, we 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 should possibly re- reference a few things that have been happening. I actually a, a little bit about how the podcast gets made again. Um, I keep a, a post-it note on my desk when something happens that I think we should talk about in the podcast. On this post-it note, and mm. we will get back to all of these, we've got um, regular Wikimedia donation. I finally set up um, our regular donation before the next Patreon comes up, so we are now donating £20 a month to the Wikimedia Foundation via the, the generosity awesome. of our people on Patreon. So that is amazing. We're, even we, Thank we, you, patrons. We said 20 bucks, and I just was it was easier to do £20 because we have that much support. So thank you, guys. You're contributing, all of you together, to making human knowledge free for all so that's that's one thing so to when you guys when you guys are on wikipedia and you see that donation button you can know in your heart of hearts that you are donating it's like i've got it covered if i support to if, if i donate to uh, patreon.com forward slash the wikicast so that's something mm. to talk about um there's also and we will come back to this one your party your birthday bash also mm. uh, another bullet point that says sky news most of this poster note however is just a description of a dream i had um I know. I know that right. the rules are, with dreams are no one cares unless there's sex or so, or you are in it. You know, the, the person that you're talking to is in it. I think you were yeah. in this one, but I don't. Uh, there wasn't any sex. That much is sure. But thank goodness for that. Right. So I, I'll read out the the post-it note, the little bullet point that I've got here. My nuclear detonation dream. Parentheses. Lure warlord into city square bracket after he cut champion in half square end square bracket then we go to an italian restaurant in the city close parentheses so if <laughs> if i if i remember correctly nice. this was a dream i had a two or three days ago and i woke up and i was horrified i was so scared um yeah but basically there was like oh god you didn't play dawn of war did you no i had friends who like i used to go to their houses and play it so i'm familiar with it okay so the if you think the avatar of kane like a 20 30 foot tall flaming monster with a massive blade for some reason my dream started with this like kind of monster rampaging through Mm. a city and then there was a champion that had um like trained himself up and he and he he was going to go up and he was like i am ready to defeat this beast and he goes up and the and this beast avatar thing sees him and slices down with his sword and a bit like Gandalf on the bridge of Khazad-dûm where he puts Glamdring up and he stops the sword unexpectedly and it's like clang um, it, except what happened in my dream was the champion put his sword up and then the, the avatar's sword just went through the sword and exactly through the middle of the champion and he just like split oh in two along his axis so um, we and I say we and I think I do mean precisely me and you rather than like an amorphous kind of me and other people uh, decided yeah. that we were going to nuke the thing from orbit via like a nuclear missile but there were still loads of people in the city and we for some reason were then going to lure it into the city by going to an Italian restaurant 
And I think there may have been mobsters there. I'm not 100% sure. I think Al Capone may have been there. Uh, I I think it was called like Rigoletti's or something like that, the name of the restaurant. Mm. And we went underground to like this little alcovey bit. And we were having like cannellini or whatever the f*** we were having. And then out of the window, there was a really bright flash. And I remember thinking, do I say anything to all the people in this restaurant that that's a nuclear Mm. bomb that's just gone off? And so what in my dream, what I did, you had to remember, like, the, the, the under part of this restaurant is, like, a basement, and there are windows that sort of face up, um, up onto ground level, and there's a bookcase mm. between two of these windows, and then there are tables kind of all around. It's, I don't know, like, 10 feet wide, and then maybe 30 feet right. long. Um, I've really calmly just got up, went to the bookcase, and then, like, sat with my back against the wall, and then the windows blasted open as this like nuclear wind smashed everybody out of the way jesus christ and i was just i was there like with my covering my ears and yelling at people like get down cover your ears as the nuclear wind was already blasting through for some reason i was okay and i was just like have you ever actually imagined what it would be like to be in a city that gets hit by a nuclear warhead and it's not like you're on the street and you're just immediately going to get vaporized like imagine being in a situation where you could potentially survive like what on earth do you do uh, on like a short time scale like how do you survive and everything like that but also like a blast going on you can see all this destruction around you at what point do you get out of your hidey hole and then how do you contribute to society reforming like do you ever do you ever think about that kind of thing i've thought about it when i've watched ed play fallout Fallout Four, mm. and I just I don't like thinking about it because I would it would it genuinely is a I think one of the scariest scenarios you could be in, especially the, the, the thinking you might survive. Like you're just it's it, it's it's a lose lose scenario. Yeah, I mean, like I could not believe how scared I was when I woke up. Like I I, yeah. I I genuinely woke up and I was horrified, and that's a word I don't use very often to um sort of describe my feelings towards anything, but like. I just mm. I felt so hollow like I, I don't think people I, I don't know maybe this is in my head because of career at the moment maybe but like uh, just the whole the idea of nuclear war I don't think people have really I don't, I don't know it, it's become a, a concept rather than an actual possibility you know yeah because I'm just I'm trying to find this thing um there was a a film by the BBC. Uh, it was banned by the BBC because it accurately depicted. That was it. The War Game. I'll link it in the show notes because um, it's on YouTube. Um, it was banned by the BBC because it was t- it too accurately described what a nuclear attack would look like. Um, mm. t- in like a documentary style, showing um, the immediate aftermath, well, the build-up, like it was a potential situation uh, building up between the Soviet Union and the USA, and then the Soviet Union attacking the UK. And it shows like that build-up, the actual happenings, and then the year after a nuclear attack on the UK. And it is the most harrowing thing I think I've ever seen. Um, It's not not an easy watch. It's 50 minutes long, so it's not even a full feature. Um, Don't watch it if you're after like a a happy-go-lucky rom-com, but I think it is so important that people our age and younger watch it because we have grown up, very fortunately grown up in a... um, uh, like in a world where nuclear war isn't really a possibility. Like, I mean, it is, but it's not like the Cold War in the 70s or 80s where it was constantly, like, it could happen at any moment. Um, mm. And so the effect, like, us, we can we talk about nuclear weapons in a very distanced way. So I feel like everybody should watch this because 
if 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 you come out of watching this film and you're still like pro nuclear weapon, um, and you still think that it's a good idea that we have them or even consider using them, then you need to get your head looked at because there's something mm. desperately wrong with you. It's really really grim. Anyway, how was your birthday party? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm now really scared. Sorry, I hate I hate thinking about, I hate thinking about nuclear war that kind of stuff. My, the party was great though. It was really good. Um, we uh, Friday Friday night Friday night kind of went went fairly well. Um, we uh, we started off at Hugo's, had some drinks there, and we kind of donned our black tie and masquerade masks. Um, and then at around, got we got to Monkey Suit at about ten to nine for for things to kind of kick off at nine, um, and kind of set up there. Got the music going, and then gradually more and more people trickled in over the next hour uh, to two hours, and it was just really nice. Loads and loads of people came. I'm so glad that so many people were free. I think the final count was about eighty five, ninety five. Um, wow, which was really really nice. I got some really nice presents too. Um, three of the girls, two two chapel choir girls, and. Uh, and a chapel uh, and no two singers girls and a chapel choir girl um Slept chipped in and got hugo and i t-shirts oh and on the front of mine it said i and then a red heart the eschenwald's trinity te deum and the, back <laughs> the first page of the music from the score and hugo got exactly oh. the same but for noble in b minor which was amazing of ah! <laughs> the hugo yeah, wickham exactly. uh tunnel line and uh I got some nice candles. I got a, a, a book-scented candle, which is so me. It's amazing. So a um, book-scented candle. Yeah. So the scent is called the reader, and it's meant to smell like an old book. So you're burning one of the people that listens to our podcast. Is what you're doing, basically. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I want it's, one. It's it smells divine. Uh, I, yeah, and just kind of like a you know a plethora of other things, and then everybody went out to fever. Uh, I did not because I had to be up stupidly early the next day for. A rehearsal of the Bach Matthew Passion um, mm. with singers, which I was uh, stupendously hungover for for the first few hours. Um, <laughs> and then Chapel Choir had a concert the next night in East Budley, so that was another really late evening. We ended up getting back into. We were all gathered in the in the Mary Harris Chapel at about ten past midnight, being like, "Well, this is." You were thing. in the chapel past midnight, did you say? Well, we got we all got back, and then we had to wait for everyone to come back and put the cassocks away. And as we were all leaving, it was about ten minutes past midnight. Oh my god! Um, was it a good concert though? It was really good. It was just like basically all the choral bangers we'd ever done. Um, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, but we were all quite tired after that. I had work the next day too, which was uh, pretty uh, pretty draining actually. You've had a busy couple of days. You've been swept off. It's your been feet. A, it's been a busy time. I had Monday off. I had work today, got work tomorrow, and then I think I've got uh, Friday off. But yeah, it's been busy. We've been yeah. been doing lots of things, getting getting everything ready. We've got the we've got the Matthew Passion this weekend uh, on Saturday. Oh my god, that I didn't realise that was this week. Good luck. If you do, you want to plug that yeah. to people who may be in Exeter? We have several listeners in Exeter, I know. Yeah, um, come to the Salvation, the Salvation Army Temple. It starts at seven thirty on Saturday evening. Um, it's Exeter University singers and extra bark society doing the st matthew passion should be really good if you want to come along do should be nice if you're not even that fussed about the passion which i'm not really uh, come we can have a drink afterwards there you go <laughs> plug 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 plug, plug, plug. 
Because I. What about you, sir? What have well, What have you been up to? Well, I was going to say. So I, I anticipated that you'd be horrifically hungover on Saturday morning because mm. I was in the chat for the most recent uh, Twitch live stream of the podcast. Ah. Uh, yes, which was really fun. Although for some reason the video I uploaded the video like three day three or four days beforehand, but it didn't go out. So we just had a lovely gif of you being fabulous um, with the audio over the top of it. So shout out to everyone who was there for the live streams. If you didn't um, catch this, I think we talked about it the past two weeks. Um, uh, Dan's forehead has been streaming the episode as they come uh, as it comes out um, on Saturday morning. I think this was at twelve. I want to say, um, and then everyone My was kind of is a star. She she is as we've great it, and I I know exactly the emoji she'll be using, which is the the girl waving. I can't remember the name of it on Twitch. Um, every time that her name came up was just everyone was like freaking out a little bit. But it was really really fun mm. being in the chat, and hopefully, do you reckon, can you make that this time round? Do you think? Because I'll be away. Um, I should be able to because if, if it's in the morning, I shouldn't start work until about eleven. Oh well, I don't think it's until later. I don't think it'll be until eleven or twelve. So. Okay. I'm afraid, dear readers in the stream, you may have to do without us because I'm, I'll be in Cambridge because there's the Cambridge Half Marathon uh, that I am meant to be running, but I am not because I'm injured, um, which is a great shame. But Pixel Girl is running, so I'm going to be there giving 110% support. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm away, basically. So you'll have to do it without us for a week. But it was really, really fun being in the chat. And if you are not aware, mm. I'll include a link to the her Twitch to Dan's forehead's Twitch in the description, uh, you can have a chat about it. Um, I just think it's really fun. That's why we keep mentioning it uh, in these episodes because it's mm. just just an awesome bit of community. Like the community of this podcast, as we said last time, it's just crazy. It's it's, in- it's incredible. A plus the the fan fiction, the fan art, the fact that we have a wiki, the fact we you guys stream it. Um, there are, you've been excited for merch, and I will be hopefully sorting out t-shirts uh, very soon. I've just done the final design for the t-shirts because it has to be simplified from the uh, version that's online so that we can print it. So uh, I'll be, I've just sorted that out. So fingers crossed, it won't be long until you can actually get a physical thing with the Wikicast logo on it. I am, yeah, Ooh. I am just amazingly, uh, I'm in awe of, of what this community has done, genuinely. It's mm. it's it's incredible. Um, the best. I mean, half of you, I should say, the half of you that like dogs can, you know, take it or leave it, really. But the half of you that like cats, including Taha from last week, our amazing guest, you know, mm. you're the real, you're the OGs here. The, the the true readers are the readers that like cats. Well, I mean, you say true. <laughs> um, that that statement is is lies. It is deception. Lies. Um, <laughs> lies. Deception. Save Wakanda. Save the rebellion. Save the dream. Save the dream. Yeah, nice. Very good. Very good. Well done, everyone. <laughs> it's the um, same character. No. It's really, it's yeah. like Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. I was talking to Alex about this, as in Thermoflynamics. Um, like, mm. what did Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker become famous for? Like, don't say Rogue One. He, like, he writes a lot of choral music. Uh, does he? Really? Yeah. Oh, Eric Whitaker. Sorry, ah, sorry everyone. Yeah. Ah, one's got shit. glorious hair and the other one's got a lazy eye. Like, you know. <laughs> They're basically identical. I mean, one's <laughs> one's nice. like 60 and black and the other one is like, looks 30 and very white. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're practically the same person, you know? Someone needs to do um, Dan's forehead. I have absolute faith in you in being able to do like a meld of those two people. I want to see what half of... I want to basically see what the child of Eric Whitaker and Forrest Whitaker would look like. <laughs> and we're going to call it Ferric. Ferric Whitaker. Can we spell Whitaker differently to either of them? It needs to be, and it, yeah, Forrick. Forrick. F O R R I. 
see this sounds like the kind of creature that results from like you know when you teleport somebody like in the fly and there's two bits of dna mm. in there and you open the door yeah. and there's all this smoke that comes out and this horrible monstrosity comes out it's like i'm thoric oh, whitaker hello this, this creature that's splinched after <laughs> apparating poorly oh god splinching is he recoiled my forehead that's your challenge please tweet at simon and me the love child of eric whitaker and forrest whitaker and simon and i will retweet it at eric whitaker and forrest whitaker I mean, we do need to have a discussion about these memes, though. The baguette memes need to stop. Like, if this is work, I'm going to include that uh, the one vine that's in my head. It's time to stop! It's time to stop, okay? Like, it's time to stop. Like, it's yeah. just... I-, I am amazed that you've made it last this long, honestly. It's, it's I- going on and on and on. I mean, we need to provide... There you go, Forrick Whitaker, we provided you with new meme material. These bread memes are causing me pun. Wow, that is awful. Yeah, I'm, I'm ashamed. Even, I'm sorry, everyone. Even Simon's by my standards, that is that is terrible. I can't believe you because it's French. <laughs> oh, you can't believe oh, me. Oh. Um, oh. Croissant. Nice. nice. <laughs> it's just, I it's witty. I, I like it. It I works just, on many levels. I'm drawing a, a Mont Blanc right now. Wow. <laughs> Can we all just... This is this moment in the podcast where um, we have a, a quiet a, prayer needs to be said for Simon and Dan. A they, minute uh, of silence for the death of comedy. Yeah. Instead of the last pl- post playing in that minute of silence, you just hear in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm just... I'm going back to Forrest Whitaker. Um, what was so... I swear that he became really known for the first film that he's... Oh, he's in Platoon! Forrest Whitaker was in Platoon. Is he? I do not I remember know. that. I love that in, film. He was in. He was in Snakes on a Plane. No, no, he that's Samuel in, L. Jackson. That's a different black he actor. He was Mace Window in Star Wars. <laughs> he was. Um, he played God in Bruce Almighty. Yeah, these were all he, the same person. It's that's. To yeah. be fair, that is how Hollywood pretty much views black actors, as far as I can tell. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, that wasn't actually racism. It was. Um, that was satire. It was satire, bitch. <laughs> that was satire, bitch. bitch. Um, so yeah. it appears that the thing that made him famous was Bird, which is a film about Charlie Parker, who's one of my favourite saxophonists, for the record. Um, oh, though, good God, it tanked at the box office. My God. Bird it cost between 9 and $14 million, and it made $2.2 million. $2.2. Yeah, 2.2. Is that Jesus. even possible? Oh, yeah, you can do dimes, can't you? Um mm. Yeah, so so Bird, The Crying Game, and Platoon. Because I, in my head, he, I, I know him from The Last King of Scotland. That was the that was the first sort of big film that I remember him being in. Um, mm. But he's also in Arrival, and also obviously Star Wars and Black Panther, um, playing apparently the same actor. Uh, sorry, the same role in everything. So there we go. There you go. Oh, like looking through the uh, things he's been awarded for, like yeah, Last King of Scotland was what made him famous. Like he was nominated for like the Academy Award and stuff like that. Mm. So the other thing which was on my um, uh, list of things to talk about was uh, mm. Sky News. So earlier today, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I was I was I was interviewed on Sky News, wasn't I? That was fun. You were. I was watching it just before we started recording. I saw your your silly mug on my screen and thought, "What's he doing now? That- What's he been arrested for?" <laughs> Science vlogger Simon Clark has been found possession of. Oh no. 
What did you um did you go on a tour to Japan and uh, go through this forest and um uh... <laughs> Oh, we don't talk about him. He's ostracized. Uh except YouTube have he just is. uh re-enabled adverts on his videos. So I guess they weren't that cross. Thanks YouTube, dragging everyone else down. Thanks YouTube. Um so if you, if you look at I think YouTube if you go to YouTube headquarters and you look on the wall, they'll have a massive compass. That's YouTube's moral compass and the needle just spins. <laughs> Now I just will just whizzing round. I will definitely defend them for their response to the second time he he fucked up, which was the tasering the dead rat um, thing. Like they actually then like removed him from all the all the stuff like the preferred advertising, and they cut his advertising revenue, and they removed him from recommended videos. Admittedly, I didn't think that was going to be permanent, but I thought it'd be a bit longer than eighteen days. Um, but what they mm. also did was they did actually post a list of. Uh, actions they will take against creators who breach their guidelines uh, in the same way that Logan Paul did. And it's it's the stuff they did to him, but they're actually codifying and saying, look, if you break our code of conduct, this is what we will do. Which, I, as yeah. a YouTuber, I think is a really important step in the right direction. Um, like, yeah, they have been too lenient on him, I think. And they definitely were too slow to respond to criticism. Yeah, But I think they they have kind of come out of this very battered, but like they've they have eventually done the right thing i think speaking of coming out of things battered how was your interview yeah um uh, yes i actually did have a beer afterwards to celebrate that's why i'm a little bit loosey-goosey at the moment um so yeah the interview was fun they they asked me basically like so this is to do with the sun stratospheric warming what's that and i was like oh cool i know this i just gave like a minute or two minute spiel about this is what the vortex is this is what a sudden warming is this is how it affects the weather and then they asked me a bunch of questions about meteorology like is the worst of it over is it safe to travel Uh, and i was like um i don't know uh so i didn't say that i kind of covered and i gave what i thought was i'm pretty sure is the correct answer uh that you know like in the east Did you hear the sassy weather woman i know like so despite what we've just totally sassed you off she was like yeah despite what we've just heard there should be some sunny spells and a bit of rain and you were like yeah like i was like leave my boy alone he's doing a good job they asked me if the worst is over and i was like so we've hit the beast from the east and i i so nearly Mm. made a joke there and i was like my interview just followed a big serious piece on the syrian war and i was like no simon don't do that um but but, like the beast from the east to come in and we'd have the snow from the east coast and i was like well so that's happened but what's interesting is there's this big swath of um uh snow coming up from the southwest which we don't normally get so the west country is is particularly not suited to snow we don't have the infrastructure so you know that's going to be very interesting you know that's one to keep an eye on um i didn't at no point did i say that everywhere was going to get snow and it was all doom and gloom but she definitely sassed me off a little bit which is quite funny um i was terrified as you'll see in the i put a screenshot of it on um twitter and on youtube on facebook like um my doors into my studio behind me i was so terrified my parents were going to do the whole you know the korean uh kids coming in and like see if i had been up there at yours for filming something i would have put on like a uh that that small child's coat that she had on and just kind of like (laughs) waltzed on in and then had like if liv was there like coming in, grabbing me, dragging me out. Well, no, you have to remember you need you'd need you to be in the um the little walker because there were two kids. There was like the girl who came yeah, in, yeah. like all uh like brash with a jacket on, and then there's the baby in the walker who follows them in, and then the mum comes and grabs them both. So we'd need you, Liv, and my mum it all in on this. So yeah, yeah, it's been so funny. I was terrified they were going to do it. Except you know what? They didn't actually watch. Like they got, they they watched yeah. five minutes before me. And they were like, "Nah, they must have decided against it." And then they just turned over. 
<laughs> so they missed me okay. being on the news. Thanks, Mum and Dad. I love you very much, but I love how you just didn't have the patience. I thought you did a good job, mate. Well done. I was a bit scared. I, I was monitoring my pulse uh, beforehand, which is actually what I did before my Viva, and it was at about the same level. But um, mm. well, on air, the fact that they just eased in with like, what is the stratospheric sun warming? And I was like, okay, cool. I know this. I can definitely answer this. That eased me in. But like, it was definitely very nerve-wracking doing it live. Um, and I was surprised at how little I didn't I didn't stammer, I didn't stumble at all. Um, so like, I'm, I am pleased with it. I'm proud that I, I said yes to it because I think it could have been easy didn't, to chicken um, out. You didn't shiver with anticipation. There we go. Nice. <laughs> Good work. Well done, everybody. Yeah, no, that was that was fun. Um, I also mm. got called Dr. Simon Clark on national TV, which was fun. Mm. I mean, I'm technically not a doctor yet because I haven't done my... I've, I've started my thesis corrections, but I, I have not... Uh, I've not finished my training, so to speak. I haven't graduated. But if they want to call me Dr. Simon Clark, then I'm not going to stop them. <laughs> no. So that's all my bullet points done. And I feel like if and we want to avoid having a marathon episode like last time, uh, which was nearly mm. two hours of high quality... Well, no. Quali- ki- low quality Wikicast. Um, Tesco home brand. Tesco home brand uh, Wikicast. Co-op irresistible. Yeah, thank you. We had an upgrade. Thank you. Um, we, should, we should seek to move on because we also do have quite a few emails to get back to. We, we didn't have much of a chance to read emails out last week. So should we take a bit of a, a leap over into uh, Critics Corner? Let's do it. Here we go. Hop, skip, and a jump. Nice. So that was the noise that I was making uh, at Liv last time I was in Cambridge. Like that was my alien abduction noise. Wow. For some reason, she found this hilarious. It's like sometimes Liv, it, it, she's like you in that sometimes if you, she has like a resonant frequency of humour, and if you hit it, mm. it like it, 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 it's like out of all proportion to how funny the thing is they just she just breaks yeah. in the same way that you do and for some reason that broke her last time it was quite funny so me just pretending mm. to be abducted by aliens and like rising up on my the balls of my feet going oh. um she found hilarious anyway yeah what have you been watching dan <laughs> i've been watching i haven't been watching a great deal but i've been listening to a lot of things right i've been listening to basically on repeat for the past ooh, week now uh, since we finished last week's episode, the um, Bach B minor mass. Oh, mm. Yarth Queen. Oh, there's another thing. Oh, that I don't think I mentioned last week. Oh, maybe I did. I can't remember. Which it's going to be really embarrassing if I did mention it. You know how two weeks ago I had quite an exciting thing happening. Uh... I had an audition. Oh, yes, you did. Ooh, ooh. Well, on the note of music. Um, I can now actually go into detail about what my audition was. So two weeks ago, um, I auditioned for Exeter Cathedral for their um, tenor choral scholar position, which would mean that I'd be in the cathedral choir, which is very exciting. It'd be a massive step up musically. Mm. Uh, and uh, last week on Thursday, I got a uh, got a call, and uh, I only I only went and got it. Way. Boy. So I'll be start. Yeah, I start. I'll be starting in the cathedral choir, like I guess mid August, um, which means that this is my. I'm going to be my time with the chapel choir and ex university singers is coming to a close because uh, I'll obviously have to stop both of those. Um, I was super nervous, um, and I didn't hear back from them for a, for a while. I auditioned on the Tuesday, and then they got back to me the following Thursday. Um, but yeah, I've I've only I've, I've only gone and done it. So you're going to be doing c- cathedral scholarship in the last year of uni, is that right? Yes. So that's going to be a lot of work. Mm-hmm. 
well, I'm going to be quitting everything else. So, um, right. It should be, it should actually provide me with quite a, a nice kind of like work uni balance because I'm not going to be, I won't do Apple in my final year. I was never going to do that because 20 hours a week on top of studies and music is too much. Um, mm. But it would mean that when I'm on campus, I'm only on campus to be working and focusing on my final year. And when I want to be doing music, I'll be doing it at the cathedral um, every evening for services and rehearsals and Saturday. Well, Saturdays I get off, Sunday mornings and afternoons. So you, you presumably have been listening basically to a lot of music to get yourself ready then, I guess. Yep. So I've been listening to, I have three or four different albums that are just psalms. So each each album has maybe a hundred and three tracks um Good and i just listen and I, so now i can hear a chant and pretty much sing the rest of you that one which is quite good so in my in my audition i actually remember um i had to pick a pick a number between one and 30 which you'd, which would give us the evening yeah and then pick a number between one and five and that would usually give you the chant depending on if it was a particularly longer evening or a shorter one, obviously it would have been less of a number. But I think I picked right. three and it was a Havagal um, chant, which then went on to something else. Uh, yeah, but they were, they were all fine. Um, my I auditioned with uh, Parnis Angelicus, that uh, classic uh, oversung uh, number. Um, is, that, is, that, is that a Rutter classic? I don't believe so. Uh, um, but I also quickly. auditioned... Yeah, I also auditioned with Comfort Ye from The Messiah. Nice. Which I liked. And then I, I had two sight reading tests, which was like a contemporary one, which was really, really difficult. Um, Tim Noon, the director of music at Exeter Cathedral, said, don't worry, you'll never have to sing this piece again because it's dreadful. Um, but it is really good for sight reading tests. There was this one bar where it, there were like a group of eight quavers and the first mm. four were ascending in sharps or uh, or ascending it yeah ascending in sharps and then the final four were descending in flats oh ooh. and it was really hard like he played it he played that bar i said be careful because bar 13 is a bit difficult and then he quickly played it and then said some other stuff and all i did what well, i didn't even listen to anything he was saying through that bit i just i was singing the piano in my head over and over again <laughs> so i sacrificed the previous bar i didn't sing that completely right but then i nailed the other one because i just remembered how he played it um which I think was kind of a test of like, can he either just read it or if I play it to him, will he, will he remember? Um, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't Rutter, no. It was uh, Cesar Frank. Yeah. Uh, wrote nice Spanish and Jet, the, the the setting. Uh, who incidentally taught Louis Vienne, one of our one of our favorite composers. Ah. Kind of cool. Um, so oh, that's very cool. So yeah. that's you sorted for next year then. That's me sorted. Yeah, I'm going to be a going to be a cathedral scholar. So does that mean you're going to live in the cathedral? No, you don't get uh, accommodation. I can do, do if I want, but given that I've already got uh, the house. Um, yeah. I say the house, the uh, the, the, the cupboard um, that, we, <laughs> that we lived in. Um, I'll stay there, which means the money that I'll get paid through the cathedral um, of, on the kind of grant. Uh, I won't have to factor in them taking any money out for accommodation, like paying my rent and stuff, which is kind of nice. Um, it's also quite a noisy place to live yes. from, from experience. Uh, yeah, a lot of lot of parties and goings on at the cathedral, which may surprise some of our, our readers, but uh, believe me, that's not even a joke. Um, so, oh well, congrats. So you've been you've been a busy boy when it comes to work, then. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, and not not. To be fair, I have been a very busy boy when it comes to work, and I I don't think I've watched anything new at all since mm. last episode. Yeah, uh, like a, a fair bit of YouTube. Uh, nothing that particularly sticks in the mind, if I'm honest. I haven't watched any YouTube stuff now for about three weeks, and I don't know what's going on with me. God, how do you survive? 
That sounds awful. It's really, it's really weird. Like, I mean, I've been, to be fair, I've just been working my way through my watch later playlist. There's not like a huge amount that's been coming out at the moment, other than, of course, my video on mm. sudden stratospheric warmings, which everyone should watch. Um, mm. There hasn't been, oh, the uh, the last of the last weeks have just come out by uh, Tom Scar and a new video from Sideways. So I take back what I just said. Oh, yeah. Is that um, the clock one? Yeah, the clock diagram. Yeah, I haven't watched that one yet. I always, that's actually a lie I have no as in uh, I haven't so, watched it but the videos that I have been watching on YouTube for the past couple of weeks I have re-watched some um, Bill Verts and uh, uh, and uh, Sideways he'd be a cool guest actually wouldn't he he would I've tweeted at him a few times um, yeah. I don't know I'd, I'd love to get him on because we're, we're both fans uh, yeah. I think it would be really really fun to get him on be super so. interesting you know, if if you're listening to this, um, it's Ethan, I believe. Yes, uh, he runs it. Ethan, if you're if you're a reader, then you know, get in touch. We'd love to have you on. Uh, for really those of you cool. who don't know, I'll put a link to his channel in the description. Uh, he's one of our favorite YouTubers. He's he's mm. great. Um, very very good, geeky, musicy, sci-fi kind of pop culturey, mm. um, you know, video games and movies kind of content. If that's if that any of those words make you prick your ears up, then give him a check him out because he's great mm. um but yeah there's there's not been a huge amount out a, a lot of what i've been watching has been uh interestingly derivative stuff of the oxcast as the stuff that their community has been making to, like memes of them uh like there's like uh, some yognor on the internet is one of the channels and then there's like dark dark cat i think it's another one um who does like uh compilations of when hat films at like a hive mind and they all without meaning to do the same thing at the same time yeah um which is which is something that we were familiar with we as do. a concept yeah pure certainly because of the number of weird moments where we would just do the same thing say the same thing at the same time in the yeah it was very odd yeah we, we, we're kind of a hive mind we're a very small hive mind of two yes but you know all the same um so i mean yeah i've, I've been watching a fair bit of that and then um, oh yeah, I fell down a rabbit hole the other day of watching Game Grumps uh, compilations. So oh, I, I sank. That's a glorious part of YouTube. I know. I, I sank like two hours into listening to the best laughter from their Paper Mario playthrough. Just like oh, yeah. them laughing for two hours. Oh my god, it was so much fun. There's a um. There, well, there was the throwback to the period of 48 hours where I watched on repeat the entire Dark Souls 3 series. Which works out to be literally about twenty-two hours of consecutive viewing. I didn't yep. go to bed. I didn't move off the sofa. I ordered takeaways throughout the entire process. It was glorious. Um, but they've also recently started um, a playthrough of this really horrendous um, Where's Wally? Or well, it's Where's Waldo because it's an American one. Um, but it's like it's done in like sixteen-bit art style graphic, pixely kind of. So you can't see anything. Um, and it, it's hilarious because they're just you literally are greeted by a screen of pixels and one of those pixels happens to be Wally you've got to guess which and it's hilarious <laughs> it's really funny oh my god like they're a channel that I've not subscribed to because they just make so much stuff that it would completely yeah. clog up my, my feed in the same yeah. way that Good Mythical Morning does and I don't really watch any Good Mythical Morning anymore yeah Um, but like yeah god I, lo- I do love their stuff Actually, uh, a, a channel that is killing it, I think, at the moment is um, Hat Films. They've been making some really good stuff, like a lot of live action stuff. Yeah, a few things, a few live action things, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a big fan of their Stationeers game, which is imagine like Minecraft, but it's on the moon and it's a lot more technical, mm. uh, which is like perfect. That's like crack going straight into my veins. Um, I'm still really liking Sea of Thieves. Yeah, the, I watched a bit of the Chiluminati stream of that the other day, um, mm. which was fun. Like, I, I it. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it'd be worth the money, personally. I don't think I'll get it. I'm still working my way through the value of um, uh, Civ Six. I'm playing my second game of Civ Six, and I'm about halfway through, being like six hours in or seven or something. Um, like I played still- a little bit of Kingdoms and Castles the other day as well, just to pick that up, pick that up again. It's just. It's so easy, Kings and Castles. I love yeah. that game. It's so chill. Yeah. It's it's like Netflix and chill video game version. You're just yeah. kind of like, oh, I don't really want to do anything. Let's just like put this on and then. Like, and you think you're doing really well, and then you get a Viking raid that you just realise that you're you bet you try and expand too early, and then the game goes, okay, you think you're good, and then sends <laughs> that sends you like four ogres and three ships, and you haven't got a city wall, and you're like, well, I'm sorry, everyone, but those I'm are. F- those four large granaries you thought you could afford because you had the materials. No, you're just your f- now. <laughs> we haven't really watched or listened to anything really of note, have we? Not really. <laughs> we are really st- we, we are struggling time. to fill this busy. section. I mean, we if I can, so if I can put guys. your Sky interview into Critics Corner, then sure. But to be honest, I think the lack of watching this week more than is made up for by last week's discussion of Black Panther, which was that is thrilling true. and way too in depth. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely went a little bit overboard on that one. It's yeah, we just got too excited. It's such like a good film. And, being like, and then there was this thing and this thing, and I was, and then, and then, and then, like, yeah, chill out, chill out, guys. And we didn't, we didn't even talk about like the fact that T'Challa is very similar to Nelson Mandela. Like he's like, unique amongst Marvel superheroes, and he's so calm mm-hmm. and he's he's kind of level-headed. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't. What else didn't we talk about? Like there, there were so many things which I realized afterwards that we didn't bring up at all. Like the role of women in the film, the fact it's a very mm-hmm. feminist film. Mm-hmm. Um, like, ah, oh, it's so good. Well, I just don't understand people that have been tweeting saying, yeah, it's all right. It's not that great. It's yeah. like, how How did you not... I don't know. I, I think we've, ha- we've had an email or two in from people who've seen Black Panther. We've also had an email from somebody actually who has seen uh, Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Ooh. And I am desperate to watch that film. Yeah, so- me too. I was actually just thinking the only other thing that I think could fit into Critics Corner was I invited some friends over last night and I made a roast. <laughs> uh, if we were to critique that, it was a bloody good roast. Oh, very uh, good! I went to Marks. I went to Marks and Spencer and got my meats all sorted. I got a nice bottle of red <laughs> and some a selection of cheeses and a bottle of port for after dinner. Oh, um, you're so middle class some, sometimes. Some Gillian's chocolate left over for my birthday, so we munched on those, and then we watched an episode <laughs> of classic Mary Berry. It was uh, it was bloody bloody marvelous. Wow! Yeah. I mean, just just wow it's just great i was so happy shall we move on to crisis corner we've got let's do it let's do it top lad (sighs) dr clark dr clark uh, we've just had so many patients in it's ridiculous there's been an explosion in the baguette factory i i I, what the the, the, the The baguette factory yeah calm down nurse Moore. okay calm down um uh, Okay. I mean, I've got, a, I've got a clipboard here. There's, there's, and calmly. There's so many people. I mean, we've, we've got Connor Levers. We've, we've, we've got Lachlan Woods, uh, John Mannion, Nicholas, Luke Thatcher, Simon Torseth, Alex Greer. Not Simon Torseth! Yeah. Jo- What's happened? His, his parents, Geordie Eschendal and Miles Cornfield, were there, they're, were there visiting. They, they're, they're all gone. It was take your parents to work day at the baguette factory. Oh, of course! Matt McGuire, Emma Cavara, Jay Wright, Angela, <laughs> Kira Kelly, wonderful Stephen. No, don't. Don't, don't tell me that Dan Hanvey was there. Dan Hanvey was there. Tapio no. Kirkinen was also there. We just. I, I, <laughs> okay, right. So, so we've got all of these patients. We've got, we've got to get them into the lab unit. Uh, quick. We, we, we just, just put them on the gurneys. Just take them in, nurse more. Nurse Hugo, uh, I need oh. ten, ten cc's of lad, 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 laddie, lad juice. Quick, 
Laddie lad juice. Get, is that what we're going get with? Get the laddie lad juice. Hoik up that skirt, nurse. It's unacceptably long. I, w- I want to see the, the curves of your ass cheeks as you as you walk away from me. Simon Vase. He was meant to be the surgeon on today. He's, he's, he's not here. We can't save any of these people. Oh, God. I have to operate with my bare hands. They're not, they're not very good for operating. They're like three feet across. They're, I got them from a bear. Doctor, uh, uh, th- this one needs to be seeing, seeing first. Uh, hang on, let me just read her name badge. It's, 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 it's what is it? It's, it's Ashagu Nag Nagapan Nagasaravananan. I think, Doctor. I think that's it. Is that, does that look right to you? <laughs> I, yes, yes, Nurse Moore. I'm sure you got that quite right. I mean, my, my, my I'm just in shock, frankly, at the what. Were any baguettes harmed? I, don't, I mean, tell me. The, 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 the baguettes are all gone. No! Most of them are impaled oh. in Dan Hanvey's face. No! It's such a lovely face! He must be in so much pan! Too much pan! <laughs> so, uh, so that's a thing that we did. That's, that's a new thing. That's a new thing oh, that yeah. we're gonna do now. Uh, write, write to us on a postcard <laughs> if you like that new thing that we are now gonna do. Thanks very much for listening. Wow. Uh, yes. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon, guys. Those are our top lad uh, supporters on Patreon. If you would like to inform a, a skit like that or be in it, if you'd like to you suggest to to suggest the- a scenario, then email us spongyelectric at gmail.com. And you can support us at patreon.com forward slash the wikicast, where you can donate. Literally, we're just asking people for a dollar, one way or the other, to pledge their allegiance to Team Cat or Team Dog, and to keep the podcast running. As we mentioned earlier, we're donating regularly um, to Wikipedia. We we can up that donation actually if we maybe hit another milestone. We can up that. To oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! What's happened? An update on the Team Dog and Team Cat. Oh, this doesn't sound good. Team Cat is sitting on twenty-four patrons. Team Dog. 23 we are getting unacceptable we're getting this so is, close team dog right. come on we can we can if, snatch this victory if you are listening to this and you're a cat lover and you're not supporting us by literally the cost of a can of coke a month on the wikicast patreon god damn it sign up because we need you right now team dog team i said it from the beginning desperate. i believed in you I, we can do this you're the better people here show by next week we will be we'll be in the lead we'll be leading. i have faith ahead. in team cat Well done, everyone. Well done. Top lad! So following on from that somewhat bizarre interlude, Mm. uh, we now move on to possibly the the only serious section of this podcast, which is Crisis Corner. So this is the uh, the section where we take one email from a reader, a dear reader of ours, uh, detailing a problem that they're having if they're in crisis, and we attempt to offer reasonable advice mm. i feel like we've we've done all right so far mm. we've i've had criticism from um a f- a people before that we've missed out things in our answers but broadly i think like we've 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 tried our best if nothing else and if you would like to have your crisis read out then do email us at spongyelectricgmail.com with crisis corner in the subject line and uh, we will anonymize everything that's sent to that address uh with crisis corner in the subject line so over to you dan uh, to read out this this week's crisis so we've got an email here from anonymous Uh, Anonymous says, Hi, so I'm contacting you because in a few weeks I'll be moving to a different country to study there. I'm really excited about it, but also really nervous. Let me explain. I'm not the best at socialising. I'm quite introverted, but once you get to know me, I get way more comfortable. So meeting new people isn't really my forte. In addition to that, I'm not quite comfortable with speaking the language of the country I'll be moving to. So this will make this will just make it harder for me to get to know people and be confident enough of my skills to talk with them. Do you have any tips about being more comfortable around people when you know that you're at a quote unquote disadvantage with them? Thank you for your help, Anonymous. 
this is so now this is interesting because I I mean I I moved to the Netherlands and lived there for about three and a half years. Granted, I went to an I was fortunate to go to an English speaking school, but moving to a language where um, moving somewhere where there is a, a strong language barrier in your day to day, which there was for me, um, it can be quite intimidating. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah I think. Well, let's before we before we tackle the language side, I think moving to a different country to study there, you're going to a new place that's going to be surrounded by new people, regardless of the language thing. That's a big that's a big change, uh, especially if yeah, you don't think own. you're the best at socialising. If you think you're quite an introverted person. Um, Simon, what are your thoughts so far? I mean, I empathise a lot with this person. I mean, being I'm not terribly uh, socially confident myself. I uh, definitely, when I moved to Exeter, I was quite anxious about being isolated socially. Mm. Um, I think in my experience, and like, I'm very much viewing this because I've never moved to a country um, where I don't speak the language. Um, You know, I've only ever lived in the UK. Um, when we've had international students come across to student societies that I've been in, I have yet to meet a single person who has expressed annoyance with somebody who's coming from another country speaking English as a second language or third or fourth language or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yet to meet a single person that has reacted, you know, in a way, oh God, why is this person here? Why why are we wasting our time with this person? They can't even speak our language. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody has said, or I imagine even thought that really, um, because... If you're go- especially if you're going to university, you're going to a place where people are kind of looking forward to meeting people from lots of different envir- uh, lots of different backgrounds, and you know that means meeting people from other countries who don't speak your language as their first language. So they are kind of expecting to meet people whose command of the language might not be perfect. Mm. And I mean, in my experience, people have been completely accommodating of that. Um, like and certainly whenever i've been do whenever i've been talking to uh people from gosh where even from like various parts of europe asia the middle east um whenever i've talked to people in societies i don't mind if you take like a couple of extra seconds to think uh, you know what to say in english because i can't speak your language at all mm. you know like um if you uh, if it helps with your social anxiety um don't worry like know that the people that you're going to be talking to won't mind that your command of the language might not be perfect and so with saying that i would recommend that you just go out there and engage with student life as if you were going to somewhere where you did speak the language fluently as your first language um just get involved and i think you'll be surprised by how accommodating people will be like i don't is that does that ring true to your experience i think i think that is true i think the other thing that it might be worth at least thinking about if you kind of look at this from a slightly different perspective is that you're going to a country where your grasp of the language is not isn't nearly as strong as a native speaker which may almost work in your favor in terms of socializing because it means that you'll be different yeah and you'll be interesting and there'll be a change there um you you know to, to to be going somewhere and not um not be able to speak the language means that you're you, you know you're like a you're some you're someone different coming in um it also then gives you a, you know, it gives you a talking point. Um, you've you've got like a, you're going to be wholly different to other people. Um, so as far as people reaching out, getting to know you, um, socialising, it may be easier to do. I mean, you will also be known as that person from uh, anonymous country. Like, oh, go and check out um, anonymous. They're from anonymous land. Mm. Whatever. Can I hear Ed Dunn behind you? 
Oh, it's just, I don't know if you heard that. Ed said hi and congratulations on the news thing. He just came home. Thank you, Ed. We started at five, so no, you weren't. Ooh! World star! World star! World star! Yeah. Um, sorry for that brief uh, brief interruption there. Um, but but yes, um, I think uh, anonymous certainly isn't isn't wrong in th- in thinking that this is a this is a bit of a kind of uh, kind of scary daunting thing that's going to be happening, but also quite exciting. You know, yeah. I, I when I when I first moved to the Netherlands, it was it was really weird. But you also you're you're going to be kind of immersed in a culture that's entirely new to you. Um, you're going to be meeting loads of new people. Um, you may you may yourself. Um, be able to kind of slowly develop a relationship with with that new language. So there's lots of other things that are exciting there as well. Um, but I think your 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 first point rings really true. People are more accommodating than you might think. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I would be scared in that situation if you were to tell me. Right, I mean, I can if even if you were to give me like six months to prepare, say Spanish or French. Like I I technically could speak GCSE French, and I'm sure with six months I could probably get to a point where I'd be reasonable in conversation. If you were to tell me that, oh, you're going to go and work in France in six months' time, I would be terrified. So like, I completely understand Anonymous's situation. Um, I think particularly going into university, you're going in with a great chance of uh, of having a great time, basically. Um, And the whole socially awkward thing, I again, like, I totally recognise that. That's that's me completely. Um, So I would just say balls to it and just throw yourself in if you see something that looks interesting uh society that aligns with your interests just go for it don't worry about like what if this happens what if that happens doesn't matter just just you know what what's the worst that can happen you might not have the best time but the best that could happen is that you potentially make lots of new friends um and you have great experiences and you make lots of contacts that could be you know really really valuable in later life so Honestly, just just um, tr- I know it's really difficult to actually do to take this advice on board, but just try to not get anxious about it and just go for it. Try and be the more confident version of yourself. As Dan said, you can go somewhere and be completely new, mm. so why not go in being the confident version of you? I think that was pretty good advice. I think so. I feel I feel like uh, that's more in our comfort zone than uh, being asked about coming out mm. uh, <laughs> that we got last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, we because at least I'm socially awkward, but I'm not bi. Um, Whoa. I, I didn't mean that those two are normally connected. Oh, can we can we talk about what you what happened to you at the start before we started recording this podcast? What happened to me before we started recording this podcast? So we just got on the call to start before we actually press record on our, our recording devices, and a massive noise goes off in the room oh, with okay. Dan. Now careful, and he jumps hey, out of whoa, his skin. Whoa, whoa, we need there's context to this. Before Simon continues, I will give context. But <laughs> go ahead. So basically, it turns out that Dan's Apple TV had just been triggered. Mm. Triggered. And uh, something had come on. It was a Chris Rock advert or something. Mm. And you were like, oh, my God. Oh, I thought there was a black man in the house with me. Like, this scared me because I was very much alone <laughs> because I was about to do, I was about to start recording and uh, uh, Ed, Ed, and a, Ed and a friend were going out to um, to get some food, I think. Uh, and just as I was talking to Simon, I suddenly heard Chris Rock shouting because he shouts a lot in his comedy. But it was the TV is right, basically right next to me, which sounded like he was behind me. And I didn't know if Ed, maybe Ed hadn't closed the door. And it just really scared me for a moment. And then I just turned it off because you can use your phone as a remote with an Apple TV, which is pretty groovy. Um, but uh, yeah, it was very scary. And I feel like you're making a mockery of how scared I was. 
It was more the fact that you were specifically like, I thought there was a black man. There was no in doubt. House when me. you hear Chris Rock's voice, you know who it is. <laughs> and I happen to know that but he you... is a black comedian, okay? You could have just said that, like, oh, I thought there was someone in the house with me. Like, specific- <laughs> it was just, it was the specificity of it that I found so funny. Well, I'm, I'm a stickler for specificity. And after that far too, uh, far too strong uh, sense of giving, trying to give out good advice, um, we uh, we we, we jump in. Prepare for shit, everyone. Prepare for some real, really terrible advice. Some truly some some co-op irresistible level advice. Um, oh, that's not that's a, that's a high level of advice. Nah, Let's bring that down, please. This, this is Sainsbury's basics advice. It's co-op, mate. I will not have the co-op's name dragged through the dirt like well, that. Well, just watch me, mate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tread it into. This the, is Sainsbury's I'm gonna drag basics. it through the dirt this and tread the it into the co-op. Bottom the of the barrel. In what world is, is is Sainsbury's lower than co-op? Sainsbury's basics. I'm Say- not saying Sainsbury's as a whole. Okay. I'd, I'd say that co-op is on a slightly higher. Like they're about the same level. I'd say her co-op is slightly more premium than Sainsbury's. You, you could not be more wrong. Co-op, co-op, irresi- co-op, so irresistible, and Sainsbury's taste the difference. Which is the clear winner there? Well, I can definitely say that the co-op, uh, t- uh, t- truly irresistible sandwich range was voted the best sandwich range. Oh wow! Well, I'm currently. eating I did my research, son. I'm currently eating. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had the so irresistible uh, hot cross buns and tea cakes, and I've compared them with. Uh, the Waitrose special ones, the Marks and Spencer oh, well, ones, not... and the Sainsbury's Taste the Difference ones, and they it doesn't they don't compete with Sainsbury's. Sainsbury are, are leagues ahead. I, don't, I to me Sainsbury's are like middle of the road supermarket. No, that's like They're Morrison's. Above Tesco. That's like Morrison's. No, Morrison's I'd say would be slightly lower tier. I'd say I put Morrison's with Tesco. No, it, so the order of think for me would go like. <laughs> Poundland. We'll get to your emails in a second. Yeah. So I would if I Poundland, Iceland. Because as you now know, they it's called Iceland because it's for the freezers. Yeah. Yes. Poundland, Iceland, uh, McCall's. Is this all one tier? Are we talking? No, we're going up from worst to best. Pound, oh, yeah, okay. A lot of these McCall's. are very similar. Uh, co-op. No. no actually, Shameful. that's a lie. Shame. Tesco. Yeah. Thank you. At least. Co-op. Morrison's, Sainsbury's. No, Morrison's, Asda, Sainsbury's. You're putting Asda Marks above and Co-op. Spencer, Waitrose. You're putting Asda above Co-op. I totally am. I I I could not disagree more strongly. Okay. But I mean, like, if we're going from the from from bottom tier is like, um, as you say, McColl's, Poundland, that kind of range. I'd then put like kind of the basics tier. Tesco and Asda for sure on a level playing field. I'd probably put Sainsbury's a little bit above that, and then I put Co-op a bit above that, and then you've above that you've got premium. You've got like um, Waitrose, Marks and Spencers. It does Harrods, not go. I don't know. Waitrose and Marks and Spencers is the to- at the top, and then sitting in joint second or third place, Co-op. I I'd, I I'd I'd welcome emails about this. Uh, this is this is very UK specific. I really hope we don't get we get to imagine after finishes recording we get an email in saying hi um this, we're reaching out from co-op marketing we'd love to advertise you quick we need to re- <laughs> we need to re-record the episode. Well, half of the podcast is completely up for that. Yeah. Um, and half of the podcast is waiting for Sainsbury's to reach out. I just I, I do you think this is because of brand loyalty? Did you grow up getting Sainsbury's stuff? 
No, I think when we when I when we started when when we started when I was a when I was a small child, it was Tesco, um, and then and then it gradually shifted to also I I I, I can't really take part of the survey because a lot of the kind of the food that I ate as a child wasn't it from international. We had like uh, this is one from the Dutch listeners. We had Albert Heijn and Yumbo were the two places that we we kind of shopped in. Oh, and V&D, or V&D, V&D, which is the coolest place ever because the top of every store, I think they've gone bust now, which is really sad. They had these amazing um, food courts with super kind of like fresh, trendy, groovy, like think like a French patisserie slash um, bistro kind of place. It was really good. And then Australia was, um, uh, ooh, where do we used to shop mainly there? You know, I can't remember. I don't know. I can't help you with this. Yeah. So. That's really weird. I used no. Genuinely slipped my mind as to where I used to shop in Australia. That's really sad. But anyway, there you go. I, I definitely grew up with the, the the supermarket in the village was in Coombe Down. This was was um, a co-op, and then obviously I worked there, so I have a, I have like a, I, I my my suspicion is that people have a lot of brand loyalty to the supermarket that they grew up speaking, their parent, with their parents having speaking going to someone who know. works at Apple I have no no idea what you mean about brand loyalty <laughs> he says after having plugged the Apple TV for and the Apple HomePod the previous episode and hey Siri uh, why why is Apple the best personally I'm an Apple fan yeah see that that's why that's why they're the best <laughs> well because they they buy uh, they, they program bias into all of their all of their products yeah Actually, I'm curious. What does the what does Google say? Uh, hang on, I've got my assistant here. Sorry, apologies to anyone who's listening to this on a speaker. Okay, Google. Great, my internet doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> and we've been having I a lot of problems. My case. <laughs> we've been having a lot of problems recording this podcast with my internet. It has been atrocious. Have, Let me try great. that again. Why is Google the best? No, it says can't reach Google. F*** you, internet. Oh, bless. I wonder what happens if I ask... Why is Google the best? Okay, I found this on the web for the best. Take a look. Uh, oh, Google the best is what she's trying to do. He's trying to do. Ah, uh, it's see. trying to do. Yeah, bless her. Anyway, back to yeah. people. People's emails down. Have you got one there? Yeah, we've got one here from Jake Lair. Says, evening, gents. Just a quick one. I remember that a couple of weeks ago, Dan brought up the documentary Cowspiracy on the Wikicast and gave it very high praise. I'm always a bit sceptical mm. of these kind of documentaries, so after doing some research online, I research online, I came across this review on Quora. Yeah, Quora. Yeah. Which certainly seems to call into question some of the claims in the film. It's definitely worth a read, if only to see the other side of the story, as I think it was good. It's always good to look at that in cases that are as controversial as veganism. It shouldn't come as a surprise that some vegans aren't above publishing half-truths as propaganda to further their cause. The broadest claims of the documentary, however, are apparently true, and I agree that we could all probably do with eating less meat, if only for health reasons, never mind the environmental impacts, but filmmakers should deceive their audience in order to accomplish this effect. I think he means that filmmakers shouldn't deceive their audience in order to accomplish this effect. I, I completely agree with that. I think it's it's a criticism I've heard of Cowspiracy before that it does just over-egg it a bit. Um, I, it's so important in a debate as uh, with such vociferous opposition as climate change and vegetarianism and veganism. Mm. You've got to get your facts right. Yeah. Like You can't overstate things because it's like with gun control, what you see at the moment with people. People will jump on the slightest mistake. Oh, did you see the comments of the president of the NRA? 
Uh, I've heard various comments oh, from him. Which specifically do you grade mean? Grade A twat. That's what he is. I mean that that sounds about on point yeah. for him. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But let's not get into this debate mm. because obviously the NRA are in the wrong. Um, but yeah, like it's you've got to get your facts straight with these things. Like and and yeah, I have heard that about conspiracy before. That it is just slightly dubious on a few fronts. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's an shame, interesting really. watch though. It isn't. It's it is worth. Watching. Yeah. I still haven't seen it, and I imagine I will watch it and then raise an eyebrow at a few of the statistics because, yeah, I'm expecting them to be slightly wrong. But it's, I mean, yes, the point that if we did eat less meat and a few animal products, we would. It's the it's the easiest way as an individual to cut your greenhouse gas emissions significantly. It's the reason I'm vegetarian. I don't particularly care about animal like the ethics of eating animals. That's animals eat other animals. That's why we have canines. You know, mm. um, it, it, we're designed to do it, but. I can't be a climate scientist and consciously eat meat whilst knowing how much damage it does to the planet. So that's why I I uh, implore people to consider either vegetarianism or just cutting down on meat because it's literally the easiest way you can have a significant positive impact on the planet mm-hmm. other than dying. But, you know, most people don't want to do that. Yeah. Next up, we have an email from longtime reader George M. Hacking Ready George is back. Um, and he's actually written us what I think is quite a delightful, really quite nice little poem. So here we go. His email. Dear Bap and Baguette. I have no idea which one of... Does that refer to our penises, do you think? I think I think I must be Bap. Well, you've got a chode, is what you're saying. No, I, I, a Bap is smaller than a Baguette. Oh, I see. Well, I, but, but Baps are, like, short and, you know, wider than they are tall. I mean... Again, I ne- never did I agree to this being about penises. I feel like you're just the bigger person. Baguette fits more than that. All right, well, I've got a uh, my baguette penis. Great. Uh, uh, glad that we established that. Um, so uh, his email continues. Here is a thing. I'm hard to read, but you don't need to crack a cipher to know I'm delighted because I'm at the department store buying bread that costs 22% more than it should, but I'm smiling because I'm wired into the Wikicast. It's an hour a week. It doesn't cause a shower of tweets or flowers at feet, but it built a community. It's an hour less bleak, gives us an opportunity, a creative outlet since the episode on Krauschwitz, where you said never to doubt this thing we enjoy, whatever it is, because hobbies aren't cool, they're life's gifts. Kind regards, Hecking Ruddy George. Oh, Hecking Ruddy George is so pure. That's really nice. But, I like that. Like as as I mentioned earlier, like, this community is amazing. That's that sprung up around this podcast. I, it's it's so wholesome. I just love it. it, it yeah. Also, Heckin Heckin Ruddy George guys. really knows how to working a, a good line line of uh, of enjambment, enjambment, if you will, which I f-ing love. It reads nicely. Well done. Great job. Thanks, Hacking Ruddy George. Love you. Mwah. Mwah. Oh, hike up that skirt. He go also says P.S. Bread. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a Henry. We've got a Henry here from email Brewster. Uh, it says, "Hang on, let's try that again." We've got an email here from Henry Brewster. Uh, it says jingles, jingles all the way. Dear Messrs. Clark and more. Apologies to Dan for the order of the names. I just think it sounds better that way around. However, I hope that it can be forgiven, as I am also a dove-loving tenor. Good man. Uh, totally forgiven. I'm a first-time writer but long-time reader of the Wikicast and I'd just like to say how much I bloody love the podcast. It's become one of the highlights of my week. Thank you so much for creating it and I've really enjoyed seeing how it's risen into into a baguettist cult. 
It has. This is true. <laughs> An episode or two ago, you asked where readers read the podcast. Last summer, when I was home from university, I did a few bits of DIY while listening to the podcast, including the Wikicast. One of the things I made was a welly rack from pieces of scrap wood, which I'm quite proud of. Photo attached. It's. It looks good. I like it. Let's have a look. Hang on. Uh... Oh, my internet's so slow. It's taking. It's a 200 kilobyte file, and it's taking an age to load. It's a lovely. I mean, it's a lo- while while Simon waits for the little hamster wheel to spin around, so he's get gets enough for her, gets enough internet. Um, in episode twenty three, Simon said he'd thought that the top lads corner needed a theme tune and proceeded to attempt to. Oh, sing. that's lovely! Nice job. Yeah, right? I like that. Sing the Peel and Dean music, which actually which is actually called Asteroid. I ran with this idea and created something a little more professional. Only as I was about to send this email, I realised that using Asteroid in uh, the use case probably doesn't sound count as fair usage. But if it does constitute fair usage, fair usage, yay! Here's a jingle for you. If not, oh well, never mind. Enjoy it either way. I hope you like it. Keep up the good work, chaps. All the best, Henry, age twenty and one quarter. And he's also sent us a little thing. <laughs> I can't listen to it because of how I'm recording. I'm going to listen to this now. Top lad. Okay, well that's going to go in the podcast. I like it. Thank you very much. It Henry. should now. It's less than it's a it's a five second audio file. Yeah, they well, should be fine. So then. it should be fine because it's six, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, uh, Henry, that's awesome. Good good stuff. Next up, we have an email from the Mustache Man uh, on on Twitter, who has basically just sent us a recipe for baguettes. Uh, top work there. I have been very very tempted. Um, to go to Exeter or get Exeter, uh, get uh, Dan, not Exeter, up to, to Bristol and just try and make baguettes because I think it'd be hilarious. Mm. Um, so the baguette uh, moustache man has been making an awful lot of memes um, and top work, it's got to be said, including uh, he's, he's sent us a link to the Wikipedia, the, the homepage of our wiki, which has got one of the greatest URLs I've ever seen. Yeah, it's glorious. It's wikicast.wikia.com forward slash wiki forward slash forward slash wikicast wiki <laughs> forward slash that's i'm a big fan of that i could <laughs> I, hang on i'm gonna have to try that again because it's like a tongue twister <laughs> forward slash wiki.com forward slash wiki forward slash wikicast underscore wiki there we go nice yeah forward slash and uh, um, for those who prefer using a forward slash that's wikicast.wikia.com <laughs> forward slash wiki forward slash wikicast underscore wiki amazing <laughs> you're a twat <laughs> Um, so the other thing to point out is Baguette Man has also sorry Moustache Man has also sent us a uh, a new uh, fan fiction now we're actually running very low on time this time round but I have marked that one mm. to be read um, and we will get, have a look at that in the future so yeah we are aware of it just to let you know um, even if we're not doing it this time it's in the inbox also uh, the Moustache Man deserves a medal for his contributions to the memeage of, 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 of the Wikicast community He's he. It's t- tiresome. It's up there with um, thesis beard and uh, and Dan's forehead. <laughs> You're all doing amazing work. If anything, a little too uh, too tireless. Um, yeah. It's it's really quite astonishing the rate at which you pump these things out, yeah. guys. Too tireless. Go to bed, my love. Have a have a sleep. <laughs> Don't forget to you know rest. So Dan, what have we learned today? Well, today, Simon, we we learnt about two thousand and one, a space travesty, which might be the most amazing film we're yet to ever see. We will be doing a viewing of this <laughs> at some point. Uh, maybe it'll be cool if we could do a um, uh, a viewing where we we can watch it with readers. That'd be that'd be kind of exciting. Oh my god, that's an amazing idea. Yes, I mean, well, I mean, the thing is, we actually did learn about it this time round. We actually stayed on the wiki for once. Pop pop quiz, Simon. What was the budget? Forty five million dollars. Good man. 
Yeah. yeah. They don't give out those degrees for nothing. <laughs> Got it. Um, we also discussed... Uh, my nuclear dream. Yeah. My, oh, my, yeah. My, my, your nuclear my nuclear dream. dream. Um, um, we discussed that both of us really haven't been watching or kind of doing anything, with the exception of listening to a lot of but stuff. But we have been we have been partying and being interviewed by Sky News, so we, yeah. we've not been watching much. We've been making stuff, making memories. You know, I finally I finally was reached the time where I was kind of I felt it was okay to talk about Exeter Cathedral because obviously I didn't want to talk about it in the first week afterwards because I hadn't had anything back and it'd be really awkward if I didn't get it. But I yeah, did, yeah. so yay. Round of applause um, for Dan, everyone. If you're listening, give him a little clap, yeah, yeah, yeah. little tiny, even if it's just a little thumb and finger, unless you like ballroom dancing. Uh, I, had, I, had, <laughs> I had a message from Sally LePage uh, the last time mm. uh, on the last Wikicast. She got to that bit and was like, oh, come on! <laughs> like, she knows she knows I hate ballroom dancers and just finds it hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even if you do like ballroom dancing, give Dan a little clap, little kind of, mm. it almost looks like I'm pinching, pin, like crab pincers. Give him a little thank you, everyone. Oh, and thank you for we got quite a few emails in, and kind of messages from people wishing me a happy birthday. That was really nice. Thank you. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, Actually, happy birthday. We we didn't say that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it was it was really it was really lovely. Um, we had a really really interesting um, agony agony aunt agony uncle corner thing. Um, it, that, yeah. Which hopefully hopefully the advice we gave was 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 good. Um, anonymous. We have absolute faith in you. It's going to be all right. I felt like we had a bit more authority to give advice to someone who's socially awkward, you know? Like, I felt like we, we were more in our comfort zone this time around. Uh, although we pushed ourselves out of our comfort zone with attempting to say thank you to our Patreons. Let us know what you thought of that. That was yeah. a little bit of a five-minute madness that we had. Yeah, it was fun, though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's now going to become a regular <laughs> segment. And, yeah, well, God, God yeah. forbid how that's going to go. Uh, yeah, do send us your ideas to spongeelectricalgmail.com, but keep them clean, for goodness sakes. Please. 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 That's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook, and if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Patreon scenario suggestions, supermarket rankings, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole, and, and we'll, we'll see, see you next, next time. time. Uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear the love tonight? It is where we are. It's enough to make high quality audio without my internet. Can you hear me, Daniel Moore? No, he can. This is where we are. In the sesh, he can hear my audio. I can't believe me, this is annoying.